Amen. All right. What's up? Ooh, I like that last swell. That was good. Way to, way to be on the drum kit, Jinx. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Sit down. Exactly. All right. What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, you guys can do better than that because you guys talk more in your small groups um, when, than you did just now. I mean, you guys, come on. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Half of you guys at that boys' table right there talk the entire time during worship but can't respond to me when I ask you a question. That's crazy. How's that happen? Um, all right. Hey, I hope you guys are having a good day. Off to a great week. We are continuing in this series that we've been doing for the last few weeks called Called. And uh, we're talking all about how Jesus has called us, created us uh, to, to some certain things, right? Uh, and we know that we've all been called. None of us live without a calling. None of us were a mistake, man. You guys were all created on purpose. God has purpose for your life. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to continue to talk about what those purposes are. All right. What did God create you for? So grab an outline and we're going to get right into this. All right. Uh, if you're out of outlines at the table, at your table, there's a few in the back. You can grab those. All right. But everybody grab an outline, grab a pen, grab a connection card, grab a winter camp handout, grab a house rules bookmark. And if you're following along with our house rules that we've been talking about over the last few weeks, see, these purposes that God has created us for, we've got these things called house rules that kind of line up with them. And they're not really rules like you're going to get in trouble if you don't do them, but you kind of will. Because if you're not taking part in the house rules, I'm going to come talk to you, right? And the house rules really just help us accomplish the purposes, all right? The five purposes of the church are the same as the five purposes for each one of us as Christians, and these house rules help us accomplish those purposes. And you can see tonight at the top of your outline, the house rule that we're going to be talking about is no one sits alone. And one of the things that we do here in North Point Student Ministries is we never let anyone sit alone. All right? Yes. His name is Joshua. Okay, exactly. All right? We don't let people sit alone because, guys, we need to be in community and in relationship with each other, right? And so if somebody comes up and they're new and they don't know anybody and they're sitting at a table by themselves, man, it's our responsibility to go and connect with them. Guys, only connect with guys, okay? You guys are going to be looking for some girl standing by herself and be like, hey, what's up, girl? How's it going? Hey, you trying to find a place to sit? Because I got a chair right here. That was my Tomas impression. That was my Tomas impression. What? That ain't me. That ain't me. Hey. <laughs> uh, not happening. <laughs> All right. I had good intentions. Um, listen, what had happened was, do I sound all right? I feel like I'm a little quiet. You guys, am I good? You guys want more AJ, less AJ? Less AJ. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So tonight, that's the house rule we're going to be talking about is that no one sits alone because how many of you guys have been the new person? Maybe you moved to a new school or a new town, right? A lot of you guys, seventh graders, 
you're, you're one of many new seventh graders at your school, but it can feel kind of lonely and scary to go to a new place, right? So we don't ever want anyone to feel that feeling of being alone when they're here because we want people to feel comfortable and cared for when they're in our student ministry, okay? So listen up, boys. Shh. Okay? I want you guys to raise your hands. Just raise your hand when you have an answer. Don't just shout it out. You don't know why you're raising your hand yet. Raise your hand. I want to take, uh, what are some like famous movie or TV friends? Some famous movie or TV friends? Friends. The friends from Friends. Yeah. All right. Right here. Mike. Chase. Lucas, yeah. Dustin and Will. Right, 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 right. Okay? Uh, right here. The what? Wonder Pets. Okay. All right. Are you sure you guys don't prefer My Little Pony? Yeah, I know. Right there. Drake and Josh. Okay. Zeke. Barney and who? Friends? Barney and his friends. Why are you standing up? Why are you standing up? I didn't call on you. You just stood up and started yelling. Sit. Okay. Talon. Natalia. Why do you raise your hand? Owlet and Gecko and Catboy from PJ Masks. Yeah, I know PJ Masks. I'm well aware. Pablo and Tyrone from Backyardigans. Okay. Tom and Jerry could not be further apart in the friendship department. <laughs> Bob and Larry, okay. Everybody hates Chris. Okay, I don't know. Dwight and Michael from The Office. Okay, you know what? We're going to end on that one because that is a good one. Dwight and Michael from the office. All right. Nacho y Esquelito. Oh, Nacho and Chancho. 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 I need to borrow some sweats. Why, Nacho? Are you leaving us? No, Chancho. Sometimes a man wants to wear stretchy pants in his room. He's for fun. All right, listen up. Shh, put your hand down. Shh, I did this move and said shh multiple times. That means put your hands down and be quiet. All right? Tonight, what we're talking about is that God created us to be in relationship with people. There is a reason that so many of our TV shows and movies feature friendships and relationships, right? I can think of a few movies that maybe only have one person in them and they're always depressing. There's never been a movie where someone's by themselves and they're just like loving every minute of it, right? Like I think if there was a movie when I was about your guys' age that now I'm blanking on the title, oh, Castaway, where Tom Hanks, right? His plane crashes and he ends up on an island by himself for like a few years and he survives on this island, but He's by himself. The whole, most of the movie is him by himself. It's so depressing because he doesn't have anyone 
to be in relationship with. In fact, it's so depressing, and he craves relationship so much. Listen. Guys, you guys need to be quiet, or I will stop, and you can call your parents and go home. And then when I get 100 phone calls tomorrow, why did junior high service end early? I will explain to your parents why. Okay? We've talked to you guys in the past about respecting the setting, and right now, you're not doing that. All right? Now, we're here to have fun. We play games. We have a lot of energy. We worship and sing together. And yeah, we have fun and talk and do like funny things. But there are important times here also. Right, Jonathan? Exactly. So Tom Hanks, his character in Castaway, craved relationships so much that he actually found a floating volleyball and got his hand bloody so that he could make what looked like a face by pressing his hand on the ball. He makes a face on the ball, right? And it looks like just kind of like a weird-looking, red, happy face-looking thing. And he names the ball Wilson. I mean, that's the brand of volleyball that it was. But he talks to the ball. He talks to the ball. It becomes his only friend. Many of us, when we were younger, had invisible friends because there were people, we just wanted to talk to someone. Many of you still have invisible friends. Many of you, I wish, were invisible friends. In fact, spoiler, a little bit of a spoiler alert. I mean, the movie's like 20 years old, but, you know, maybe someday your parents, you can ask them if it was a good movie. You probably need to be a little older, but it's a good movie, right? Tom Hanks, his character, he builds a raft. And he finally decides, you know what? I'm getting off this island one way or another. If, if I die trying to escape, then that's better than just being stuck on this island, Right? And so he packs up his few precious things that he'd had on the island. He packs Wilson up on his raft. He loads up the raft and he takes off into the waves and it starts to get rocky and stormy and tough and rough and the seas are, whoa, you know, and everything's going. And Wilson falls off of the raft and begins to float away from him and his only friend that he's known for years is disappearing. And he cries out, Wilson! That's what you say all the time. Yeah. But guys, the point is that many of us are like that. In fact, if we got to the point in our lives where we didn't have people to be in relationship with, we would suffer and struggle. How many of you know what it feels like to feel lonely? How many of you know what it feels like to be sitting at home on a Friday night Wishing you had got invited to something. Okay? It's different for you guys now because you guys have cell phones and everyone's talking to each other all the time. But there used, listen, shh. There used to be a phrase, waiting by the phone. Have any of you guys ever heard that phrase? See, it doesn't make sense to you now because you guys take your phones with you. 
People are in community all the time, or at least you think you are. The fact that you can Snapchat with people and text with them all the time, TikTok or whatever, you think those are your friends. Just people that dance to dumb songs on Tickety Talk, right? I have 14,000 friends on TikTok. I'm so popular, right? No, we do that because we crave relationship. But people used to, listen, it used to be a stereotype about like girls, high school girls, and they'd just be, oh, I just spent the whole weekend waiting by the phone, just hoping Billy Joe would call, right? Because back in those days, guys had weird names, Bobby Dean or something like that, all right? Yeah, AJ, sure. But the reality is, guys, you can fill this in, is we are called to fellowship. We are called to fellowship. This entire series, we've been talking about what we are called to, the purposes of life. One of the purposes of life that we're called to is to be in fellowship with other people. That's why we crave community. We crave relationship because we were created for those things. In fact, we were called to fellowship and we were created for community. Fill that in. Listen up. We're called to fellowship and created for community. Rowan, fill those things in. We're called to fellowship and created for community. God did not create us to be alone. He created us to be with each other. That's why when he created the world in Genesis chapter 1, he creates light and water and earth and birds and fish and animals and he creates man. And it says that he sees that man was alone. And all of those other things, he created birds of the air and fish of the sea, and he saw that they were good. And he created man, and he saw that he was alone, and it was not good. Because he knew that we needed to be in relationship with other people. We don't need to get into the specifics of why Adam needed an Eve. There's some other relationship specifics there. Some of you guys are like, oh, I know what he's talking about. Cooties! Right? Cooties! Yeah, you would. Yeah. God created us and knew, listen, that we needed to be in relationship with each other. Where we're going to be spending our time tonight is in Acts chapter 2. This is the formation of the early church. Jesus has just died resurrected, hung out with his friends for a while, and then took off into the sky like this. Ah! That's got to be how he did it. No, that's like this. Ha! All right. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Um, so then his disciples started spreading out, sharing the message of Jesus with people, and people started believing him. In him, and it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together and held all things in common. Keep going, yep. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. And broke bread, that just means they shared food from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord 
added to their number those who were being saved. What is the picture that is being painted here for us? It's that all these people were starting to share life together. They shared their possessions. They shared their food. We're told that if they had possessions, they would sell their property so that they could distribute the wealth among themselves because they knew that it wasn't about just earning for themselves. It was about being in community with each other. They needed to create a community, right? So we know that we're called to fellowship and we were created for community. And so there's a few things that I just want to pull out of this passage tonight and send you guys into your small groups to discuss it more. The first thing is that we're all in this together. I knew someone was going to do that. I did not expect it to be the seventh grade boys. However, they do have a habit of never shutting up. So, there's that. Okay, listen. Shh. We're all in this together. No one sits alone. We don't come to church and have cliques. We aren't separate or against each other. We play games against each other, but we're in this together because we are a community that's meant to fellowship with each other. That's why, listen up, when we play a game and then we have you guys do question of the week, that's because we know that fellowship is important. And every week of every year that I have been at North Point since 2005, yeah, I know, we have done question of the week and we have watched students either awkwardly sit to themselves or refuse to listen or stay in their seat or only talk to the one other person in the room. That's my best friend. I just don't want to talk to anyone else. Shh. But the point of question of the week is that we want you guys to get into fellowship and community with each other. It's a time for us to help you break down the walls between you. If there's people that are new, we want them brought into your group. If someone is new and they're sitting by themselves, we want you guys to go to them and introduce yourself and say, hey, do you want to come sit at my table? Instead of ignoring them. Because we're all in this together. Look, it, back in that Acts chapter 2 passage, it says now all the believers were together. Underline that part. All the believers were together and held all things in common. All the believers were together and held all things in common. Now, the second thing that I want to talk to you guys about tonight from this passage, we are all in this together. That's the first one. The second one is we're all image bearers. We are all image bearers. What does that mean? We all bear image. Exactly whose image? God's image. How do you know that? Because we're Christian, and how do we know that we are bear God's image? Because the Holy Spirit lives in us, and think back to Genesis 1 when he's creating Adam, and it says that he created man and woman 
in his image. We are the only part of God's creation that bears his image. Now, when I was growing up, I thought that that just simply meant that we all looked like God. And in fact, I had this theory in my mind, listen to me, I had this theory that every human that ever lived on the face of the earth, if you could somehow put their picture into a computer system, every human in all of history that ever lived in the past or will live in the future, you put their face picture into a computer system, and you were to somehow like smash them all together and say like, if you put all these people together, who would they look like? I was like, I think that's what God would look like. We're all a little tiny piece of God. That's probably not what it means. But when I was in junior high, I had really weird thoughts. Much like many of you. Yeah. We're all image bearers of God because he created us to reflect who he is to the world. Do you guys see Jesus in this room right now? Don't give me a dumb junior high answer. Do you see Jesus in this room right now? Bianca, do you? No. Do you guys see God in this room right now? No. So how are we supposed to know And how is the rest of the world supposed to know what God is like? Zeke. By seeing how his people act. Exactly. We are to bear God's image to the rest of the world. We are to come together in fellowship and show the world what it's like when people who are loved by God and who love God live in community with each other. How many of you know that people in the world for all of history and including right now, always argue about stuff. The world is always in disagreements. Political disagreements, religious disagreements, cultural disagreements, all kinds of, no one can agree on anything. We can't even agree on which chicken sandwich is better and it's obviously the Lord's Chicken Chick-fil-A. Can I get an amen? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so who was, you guys were here on Saturday. Preach it, white boy. All right. Yeah, our speaker on Saturday, I don't even, I didn't even hear their story, so I'm sure it has less context tonight. But um, listen, the world is always disagreeing with each other. We're always at each other's throats. But if we can show the world what, Christ followers look like when we come together in fellowship and in community, the world can see who God is because we bear his image. Back to that same passage in Acts 2, it says, now all the believers were together and they held all things in common. Underline that part. And they held all things in common. They held all things in common. See, they were united in their fellowship. We're not a community if we're not united. If every time we come here and we're just arguing with each other or distracting each other or disrupting everybody, we're not united in our community with each other. Hey, Jonathan, I heart you too. You too. Okay? I know. It's cute. Shh. Shh. 
We're meant to be united in our community with each other. How many of you guys, have any of you guys seen um, like the Lord of the Rings movies? Okay, a few of you guys. The first one is called what, Seth? Thank you. The Fellowship of the Rings is the first Lord of the Rings story. These kids that said The Hobbit. That's a prequel. Ugh. I, okay. Um, so the first one is called The Fellowship of the Ring because they've got this mission and they bring these guys together and they are called The of the ring. Exactly. They're meant to work together. But where do they get into trouble? When they start to disagree with each other, right? They're not united in their plan. They start to separate with each other. And then all of a sudden, some of them are getting killed by orcs and Gandalf is fighting some flying dragon demon thing. It's, it's a mess. All right. It's a mess. You should. It's great. Shh. Listen, listen. But the point is that we are meant, listen, we are meant to be united in our fellowship because we are called to be examples of Jesus' love to the world. Fill that in. We're examples of Jesus' love. We are examples of Jesus' love. When we unify ourselves in community and bear the image of God, the loving, saving image of God through the way that we live, we are being an example of Jesus' love. When we love someone regardless, we're being an example of Jesus' love. When someone comes here for the first time and they're alone and we go show them that, man, we're glad they're here, we want them to join our group, we're being an example of Jesus' love. Right? We're living out what Jesus lived out. When we give up our own wants and desires and life, for the people around us. We are being an example of Jesus because that's exactly what he did. Do you think Jesus wanted to die? No. He clearly said in the garden, he's crying out to God, Father, if you can take this cup of suffering from me, please do. But if it's your will, I'll drink it. And we're to say, God, you're calling me to difficult things in life. You're calling me to love people that I don't want to love, people that I disagree with, people that might even hate me, you're calling me to do that, and I don't want to, but if it's your will, I'll do it. We're called to be an example of Jesus' love to other people by loving other people. The last passage, see this Acts chapter 2 verse that we looked at, ends with every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Because when we share Christ's love with other people, man, they get to join our family. They get to join the family of God. They're going to get to know who Jesus is. See, the reason you know who Jesus is is because someone showed it to you. Right? The reason I know who Jesus is is because I had a mom and a dad and grandparents and people at my church that loved me and cared about me enough to show me who Jesus is. And the reason you guys know who Jesus is is because a lot of the same things. You have family members, you have small group leaders, you have friends that invited you to church, and they care about you enough to say, I want you to know who Jesus is. And that's when we become a part of God's family. We're called to be in fellowship with each other. Who in your life 
do you need to be in fellowship with? Who in your life, in your day-to-day life, do you need to change the way you treat them? Do you need to be an image bearer of God to them? See, we're all image bearers, guys. But it just depends on which image we're bearing. Are you reflecting who Jesus is to the world? Or are you reflecting who you want to be to the world? We do that by showing people that we love them. And when we're here, we do that by making sure that no one sits alone. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much. Jesus, we are so thankful for the sacrifice that you made for the work that you did on the cross. God, would we never take that for granted? Would we constantly be captivated by who you are and the way that you love us? And would we pour that same love back out to the people in our lives? God, show us the people that we need to change the way we treat them. The difficult people, the hurtful people, the weird people, the people we want nothing to do with, the people that bug us to no end. Show us those people and show us ways that we can bear your image to them so they can know your love. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.